with that, hi and welcome to After the Hype. It's me as always, Brian and John. Hi. That was all right. You did it. Yeah. yeah it was a little it. stumbly, but I think I got it out. This is a late recording. Yeah, yeah it so is. So that's probably wide awake. Yeah. You're, 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 you're more <laughs> awake. You're awake today. <laughs> hi and welcome. Uh, today we're joined by Ryan. Hello. And somebody who flew a long way, specifically to be on this podcast, sure. from what I understand. That's yeah. the only reason they're here. Completely. Uh, Candace is here. Hi. Uh, who had no clue that she was actually going to be on this episode no, until I'm, she sat down. I'm a little bit well, scared, <laughs> but I'll do my best. We also didn't know that you only had three until yes. just before we started. T- today was the day of, sorry man, I can't make it. Yeah. Sorry man, I can't, okay, well then fuck you all. Hi, and welcome to Sorry I Can't Make It. <laughs> <laughs> The podcast uh, where nobody makes it. <laughs> uh, for the people, if they were going to be on it, we hate you, but you're welcome to come on whenever you'd like. But we hate you. Yay. And we'll be sure to tell you when you come Ooh. on next time. <laughs> Yay. And for your for your reference, we're not going to let it go. Oh, yeah. Of course not. Why would we? That's not fun. No. Uh, okay, so we'll get started with uh, where have you been doing. I will go first. Um, I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of stuff that I saw really quick and I'll just move right along because I've been sure. watching older kind of movies that I kind of never thought I'd watch again. Mm-hmm. So, I watched Hollow Man. Okay. I watched Chicken Run. I watched <laughs> uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Really make it up for a lost time. I, well, I've seen them. I just I was like, I'll never watch these again. Then I've been going through them again. And then I watched uh, Last Night in Theaters. I went and saw Spirited Away again. Hmm. Uh, and that's all that it's really... I don't want really to say anything about them. Iron Man Hollow Man still sucks. <laughs> it <laughs> sucks in us. Not great. It's still terrible yeah. now. But it's still great terrible because of Paul Verhoeven. Oh, that's an absolute guilty pleasure movie of mine. Yeah. If we have a, another episode. Yeah, I, mean, I would defend n- that all day. Like, it's a terrible, terrible Absolutely. movie. But it's so good and it's yep. terribleness. <laughs> and the other ones are a varying range of quality. Spirit Away was great. And I hadn't seen it since it was in theaters back in like 2004. But yeah. Points for an eclectic mix. Right. <laughs> I've been all over the place lately. A, a time and genre. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. I'll, I'll, I'll keep moving real quick. I'll go next. Okay. Uh, I've been rolling down the mean streets of Burbank, California, blasting <laughs> fuck the police after seeing Straight Outta Compton I last can, night. I can personally vouch for that. <laughs> Is it with me? <laughs> that bass, though. Oh, my God. That album is so good, though. Uh, the movie was really good, too. Um, maybe a little long... I'm sure we'll have an episode on it, so I won't go into detail about my problems with it. But I recommend seeing Straight Outta Compton in theaters, if for nothing else but the music experience. All right, I'll go next. Um, I watched a playthrough, a couple playthroughs actually, of uh, Until Dawn, the new kind of horror game from uh, PS4 exclusive. Don't go into story bits. I haven't watched a single trailer no, no, specifically because no, no. I really want to play. I will not go into story bits, but <laughs> I, what I will mention is like if you like if you like games like you know Heavy Rain and that ilk, it does it really well for the genre that it's in. It, it plays in the horror genre in a way that if you like horror, good or bad, you're just going to be on board. I'm so excited. Good. And, and the mechanic <laughs> is much more polished, I would say, than like something like Beyond Two Souls or Heavy mm-hmm. Rain. Like it, it's had time to polish that and really branch out. I was surprised at how, like, so, like I said, I watched a couple playthroughs to try to get all the different plot points, but that didn't help because I watched them at different points and couldn't figure out how you know, certain choices were made. How A got to B. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I eventually get to play that game, when I get a lot of money and get a <laughs> PS4, I don't know if I'll be able to replicate what I saw. Like, I don't know if... Like, I, I won't know how to do that. Um, but won't it be more interesting to make your own? Yeah, it will be. That's why I can't watch playthroughs or yeah, like that. Yeah, no so way. I, I don't want to watch trailers. Like, I know that Hayden Pantieri, or Pantier, I can't ever pronounce it. Close enough. Um, I know that she's, like, the main person in it, and that's all I know about the game. Also, uh... 
the actor from Agents of Shield. What's his name? Ward. Whoever played. Oh, he's uh, good. Okay, yeah. he's good. Yeah, he's one of the only I, people I like in that show. Yeah. And then Fitz and Simmons. It was surprising right. to see him in there, and I was like, "It's that." Guy. There's a lot of it's that guy. It's that guy. And there's a lot of uncanny valley in graphics. Why? It's it's kind of cool. The that's well, fun to do in video games. Yeah, I mean the the game was originally supposed to be a PS3 game, wasn't it? A and PS3, I, um, like focusing on the move joystick. Yeah, it thing. got stuck mm-hmm. in like development hell for a long time. And it was good that they took their time and revamped everything because yeah. it's fun. You're gonna like it, Ryan. I think. Oh, I know I will. Yeah. That's why I pre-ordered the fucking thing. Yeah, I, I know I'm on board. And it, it's it's good horror. Yeah. Um, just know that. It auto like it, it's an aggressive auto save. You cannot go back on anything. And <laughs> That's you great. The game. That's great. So any decision you make, that is final. The, the instant you make the decision. Oh, that's gonna. I'm gonna be really excited me. to see uh, <laughs> uh, what really, you think. Really bad. We should me. film your playthrough. Probably. <laughs> it's gonna be a probably like shit. <laughs> no, I like that person. Yeah, that was me. That's how we watch movies. Too, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. <laughs> You're the George R. R. Martin of playing this video game. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have one. So I just finished not too long ago binge watching Sense Eight on Netflix. Oh, so it's a Netflix original series, and it's amazing. Um, it's from the producers and creators of The Matrix, and I don't. When I try and get people to watch it, because I don't think a lot of people have, even though the first season has been out for a while. Um, I don't want to explain it too much, but it's kind of like a sci-fi psychological thriller. It kind of combines eight different people from all over the world, and they have this psychic slash physical connection that they can't really explain. And so the first season is all about exploring that. Hmm, so, sounds great. Yeah, Looking forward to it. I've been right. slowly trying to get people to watch it. And it is hard to explain. Like, I've had a few friends who watched it who all say I need yeah. to, and I just haven't gotten mm-hmm. it yet. It's so interesting. All right, so we'll move into today's movie, which is uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service, Matthew Vaughn's opus from February this year, which when I heard it was coming out in February, I immediately thought it was going to suck, Yeah, because that's usually how things go in February, uh, and I was pleasantly surprised, but moving into today's review, this guy wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this comes from Drasm21, which is D-R-A-S-M-2-1. He's the uh, villain in the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, terrible movie. Rude. Did I mention rude? (laughs) For those with short attention spans. (laughs) Ridiculous overkill. Ridiculous lisp. Ridiculous premise, which I never saw or took my friends to it. Money back purchase. Money back purchase. (laughs) All right. Hi, welcome to Money Back Purchase. (laughs) Uh, Sequel to Mad Money. I mean, half of that review... I would put in my review on yeah. a positive note. Yeah, I, I like the rude. I like the ridiculous over. I like the lisp. Yeah, I like the lisp. <laughs> yeah, I like the lisp. But rude, I'm. I don't know. Maybe my definition of rude is more in line with like the dictionary definition. But it just doesn't seem rude. I just would assume it's gentlemanly. Yeah, it's gen- like it's proper. It's prim. <laughs> well, some of it. Everybody. Yeah. Some of it, and then yeah. there's the girl's butthole in the end of the movie, yeah. which right. is very not that, prim That's or actually the, the subject of most <laughs> yeah. people's negative reviews, I found. I think Jasmine just didn't know what he was in for. Right. He just needed to sign up, <laughs> sit down, and relax. He hadn't seen Kick-Ass. Or, yeah. like... Or the trailer. Or the trailer. <laughs> uh, oh, so the movie cost quite a bit. cost $81 million, which wow. is a lot of money to drop on a movie that's going to come out in February. Yeah. yeah. Um, it did fine. It made 406 
Yep, that's fine. Yep. Yeah, that's... Uh, and explains why they're talking about Kingsman 2, mm-hmm. which hopefully, unlike every other Matthew Vaughn movie, he'll actually stick around for the sequel, because when he doesn't, it goes to hell, see Kick-Ass 2. Uh, <laughs> or don't see Kick-Ass 2. <laughs> right. Please. I mean, it had its levels of okay moments, but ugh, that was a rough movie. Uh, so the breakdown for today, I told Candace I wasn't going to make her do it, but uh, <laughs> I'm actually not going to, because I'm not mean. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I made a promise and I will pull the bait and switch. (laughs) Uh, Ryan will have to do it. Yes. Uh, And Ryan's only at 20 seconds and you can thank Candice for that because otherwise (laughs) she was going to get 45. Uh, That's all right. But I think oh. you can do it. You usually, pretty, you usually have something locked and loaded. Yeah. I don't this time, but 20, <laughs> 20 seconds means that I can be really selective about what I say. That's true. And that it'll go really well. It's real rude. You only have 10 me. seconds left. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and go. The young man, Exe, is uh, growing up in an abusive household, and he uh, is always picking fights at the local pub with his mom's boyfriend's gang. Uh, Colin Firth introduces himself as a gentleman assassin, who kind of takes him under his wing and trains him in the ways of the Kingsman, the Secret Service, to take down Samuel L. Jackson, the evil supervillain. I think I'm going to let that go, because you kind of hit it. Uh, I told you I could just say, like, ten words, and you kind of nail it. I was going to say, like, well, you meant... Well, no, I guess you didn't. But in 20 seconds. Yeah, For 20 seconds, I think you did it. You got, I mean... The only thing you left out are just particulars that, yeah. like, but I mean, but yes, it don't he, really matter. It don't matter. Yeah, no, it was really he takes a kid under his wing to take down Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Woo! Well done. Yeah, cool star. You're never allowed to do this again. No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Less fun no. for everybody. All right, <laughs> delete it. Make John do it. Make fun of him. On the flip side of that, that's entertaining. Yeah, it, it's impressive to see people actually pull it off because they usually <laughs> and don't. We can put the uh, screws to it. 15 seconds. You know, like, yeah, we, yeah. we can yeah. test the limits. We gotta test the limits. <laughs> How fast can Ryan do this? It'll get down to just Ryan read the tagline. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> tagline. Call <Colin>. Ryan. <laughs> Exy, Colin Firth, Samuel <laughs> Jackson. I did, I did forget everyone's character's name except for Exy, but that's okay. But that's fine. You don't really need a Harry, yeah. yeah. Um, for, we gotta get this out of the way. The names are great. Yeah. Yeah. The names are great. Um, but one last thing about the breakdown. I like that last week we had the worst, and today we had one of the best. Yeah. So you want to hear the worst ever? Listen to Cody last week. If you want to hear one of the best ever, we'll try this week. You uh, could take it back to my, my breakdown of Winter Soldier for another worst ever. <laughs> it was still wasn't as bad as Cody last week. No, Cody had it wasn't. 30 seconds yeah. and got the first scene. Yeah, yeah. I made it through the first act, at least. Yeah. Okay, so we'll move into, you want to talk about the characters in general? Let's talk about characters in general. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you said with the names particularly. I liked... Well, what I wanted to get kind of out there before I forget is that <laughs> it was very... I, I make a list of these when I'm watching it. It's like, I better yeah. not forget this for the podcast, and then I do. Every this time. Yeah. It was interesting that there was two different generations of names. Mm-hmm. You had yeah. the younger generation, which was very kind of weird and yeah. ridiculous, and then mm-hmm. you had like the old school, the literative, like the like Lancelot, Galahad, and then you had like Exy and Rolf and War, or, like yeah. all these weird names, and they kind of went through them, and I thought that was actually kind of fun. That was the part I just laughed, laughed in a good way. Yeah. It was it was great. I also like that they use the uh, the Knights of the Round Table names, yeah. as code names. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of cool. I agree, uh, and I also like that they don't ever really. It's not like they ever retire the names. Like, when Lancelot yeah. dies, we right. need a new Lancelot. Right. I think that's kind of a little cool thing. I do kind of wish we would have met really any of the other Kingsmen. They weren't mm-hmm. just, like, random CGI elements. Yeah. But... Yeah. Pictures on the wall. Yeah. And like yeah. That, I mean, that's fine, but it would have been nice. I mean, the one we did know? meet, 
the original Lancelot was pretty cool. He was. Yeah. He, he had one of my favorite action scenes. It's very short, but I yeah. love it. It's a really good intro to how the action is going to work. I think it was a real throwback to like James Bond, where you, we know he's 007, but we've, uh, except for, I think, in GoldenEye, we've never met any of the 001 through 6s. Yes. I think uh, this movie does that on a lot of levels. Throws back to James Bond or uh, Get Smart or all the old spy movies. Oh yeah, there's ton- yeah, this is a big, big, big love letter to spy movies, which yeah. we'll, yeah. we'll I want to get into a little bit later with just kind of like the general look and feel and gadgets and all that sort of stuff in there. Um, but talking about characters, I think we should start with um, Harry. Yeah, he's the main cover person. It's um, Colin Firth. Oh, and, okay, and. Uh, Sorry, I forgot he was Harry. Like, yeah. I got, I got you know, stuck in, like, Galahad. Galahad, yeah. right? <laughs> so, so, Galahad. Uh, I like. I, I read an interview, or I saw an interview with him when he took the part, and he's like, well, I think they hired me because they wanted to find the person who is the least likely to kick someone's ass. Yeah, it's and perfect. Then, and then make him kick ass. Yeah. Which is what I thought when I saw the trailer. I was yeah. like, wait a minute. I watched you in that other spy movie with all those other old dudes, and you could barely walk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I just, I, I know he went through a shitload of training for it, but I, I loved, I mean, Colin Firth is a good actor, that you really can't deny that in any mm-hmm. role he's been in, but I really like in this one that it felt like he was having fun with it. Absolutely. And I think that that's, we talk about it all the time in this podcast, when you can tell when an actor's having fun, it can really come through in their performance, and this one was just, he was so good in this. He really, I mean, the guy who plays Eggsy is good. He was an unknown actor. He, yeah. Um, like they had, I don't remember who, but they had some really big name guy who they're going to have play him, and then that didn't work out, so they went with this guy. Oh, that's awesome, though, because um, he did great. Well, yeah, he was surprisingly was, charismatic. Like, yeah. in, in a way, like, when you're watching, like, let's say, the first Mission Impossible, and you're like, that Tom Cruise is going places. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but with, I think if it had just been him, this movie wouldn't have done as well. I think yeah. having Colin yeah. Firth as that faith, face guy for it was a good move, and then... If the next one doesn't have him in it, which there's rumors he might be in it somehow, yeah, I think it'll be fine with just Eggsy. No, but I think this is kind of a, a rare break, and we don't get a lot of mentor-mentee uh, duos in spy movies like this. It's usually about the one agent. Yeah. yeah. So that was really cool, like a little passing of the torch intro to Eggsy. Yeah, and they did a good, uh, they did a good believable job with uh, Harry, like wanting to be that kind of father figure esque for him. Like, yeah. They did a really good job. They made it believable by. He has to take care of his, not really good friends, but a good colleagues. Son. Right. And I thought that was kind of a fun, it was a fun way to make him want to be that dad. Yeah, it's kind of a gentleman's code thing. Yeah. And it really worked out. And I liked uh, moving, kind of, unless there's something else somebody wants to say about Colin Firth. No. No. He's good. Um, with Eggsy, I liked how they, it's something that is becoming more and more common in movies, which I appreciate, which is where they lay like the groundwork for why a character can make a turn that they do. Yeah. And they did a really good job with Eggsy making it like, well, he's really good at parkour, he was in gymnastics, he was in the yeah. army. So it wasn't just like, he was just some kid on the streets who became right. a super agent. It's like, he kind of already had the training. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like a, a punk. And I love the way, he like, he he's kind of the total opposite of uh, the unwilling hero in this movie. Most of these, yeah. he, they bring up somebody and something happens, their family falls apart and they gotta go on the adventure. But Eggsy's like, yeah, I wanna be this. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to escape his current life. Yeah. Can't wait to be a, a Kingsman. Yeah. Which I really liked. Yeah, it's something, it's kind of refreshing, because usually yep. these type of movies, it's all about, like, the, the kid needs to be convinced, and yep. he does not need any convincing. He's on board from the second, he's like, oh, yeah, this seems cool. Right. 
And I think that's like it's really kind of fun to see, and it just kind of opens up the movie to a lot more possibilities. It's kind of like the idea of like improv, where you're never supposed to say no. Yeah, it's always exactly. say yes, and this movie really embraced saying yes. Yeah. I love those kind of movies. You got to be yeah. on board for the ride. Yeah, and this—I mean—it asks the same of the audience that it does of the characters. Exactly. Like, you just got to say yes and just have fun with it, and you'll enjoy yourself. And if you're just like, "No, this is dumb. It doesn't make sense," then you're gonna have problems. <laughs> it yeah. took me about twenty minutes—the first twenty minutes—to say, "Okay." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> of course, the scene opens, the movie opens, and you're like, "This is dumb. It doesn't make any sense." But yeah. then you start having fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the very beginning of the movie. Not just the Iraq part, but like right. the, the dude who shows up and kills everybody in the room by like right. crawling on the floor, shooting everybody, and mm-hmm. taking scotch, and then getting cut in half. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a very it sets the tone for the movie, absolutely, and you know what you're getting into at that point. And I think on rewatches, it doesn't seem as jarring. Yeah. But if you've no. never, like, if you've never known anything you're going into, it's like, yeah. oh, fuck. I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, it's gonna be like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think having Eggsy kind of already be in the world that he's in and kind of already be that it makes it more believable that he's willing to just kind of jump into this. Right. Especially if he'd already been in the military before, so he kind of already has that training too, and I think that's kind of a nice touch. One yeah. thing it, it helped with is, um, with that type of person, if they're kind of unwilling to go on the on, on the adventure, they're also very brooding, you know? Mm-hmm. And they get rid of it. He's yeah. kind of on board for the adventure. He's got a little bit of emotional, like, uh, moments, but then he kind of pushes on from it. Yeah. And kind yeah. of, his arc doesn't feel weighted by emotion, too much baggage. Well, the thing that I like about, and especially with Eggsy in this movie, is that it does a lot of, um, it talks a lot about class of, like, he's coming from poor, and he's talking to these people who are clearly very rich. Yeah. And everyone that he's training with clearly comes from money. And I like that he's, he's both kind of annoyed by it, but it's still just like, you don't impress me, and you don't intimidate me. Yeah. And it kind of, it makes it so the other people are almost more intimidated by him, because he just doesn't give a fuck. Right. Like, do you know who I am? No, and I don't give a shit. Wild card! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I like that it, it made it so, like, the scenes where when the room gets flooded, mm-hmm. where everyone kind of, they've all kind of had the same sort of thing, so they all do the same thing. But mm-hmm. since he's just that guy who's just, like, he's more improv and he's more just willing to do stuff, he's the reason to get out of the room. And I, I think that the way the movie kind of flows and sets things, it's very smart how just it all kind of goes from A to B to C. Yeah. Um, it's like they were all following their training and he was following his gut in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it made it so it's like, I know I'm watching the movie about him, so I know he's going to end up getting the thing later on. Like, right. eh, it kind of makes sense. But it didn't make it feel cheap. Exactly. Which was, it's nice. Uh, well, the good way to, kind of, like, the way to tell about it is, like, if you feel a little, ang- like, a little bit of anxiety as you're watching it. You know yeah. the movie's about him. He's going to survive. Yeah. yeah. You know he's going to live. But you're always like, the water thing. I hope he doesn't drown. Right? <laughs> you're like... Or the you fucking, can, the parachute scene. Oh, that yeah. was cool, yeah. too. It's such a great sequence. Yeah. Like, like, the action sequence in this movie are phenomenal, which we'll get into. Shortly. And I would say, like, with, you know, kind of springboarding off of Eggsy's, like, this, the beginning part with him, the training and all that, mm-hmm. my favorite parts of the movie. Just, mm-hmm. like, the, him kind of interfacing with this new world. Like, that was, I really liked that part. So, and I like how he handled it. I agree to a point. I thought going into this, that was going to be what I was going to like. and Because usually the seven movies, I love the training, and then when they get out of the training, I don't care. Like, Ender's Game, the training part's good, even with the book. The, end, the training's great, once it gets out of it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I thought this would be with this one, but I thought like they did such a natural progression of everything that once he was finally out of training, it was still a blast to watch. Right, because then it really, they kicked it into high gear. Like, yeah. As soon as he's done with the training, it wasn't like he's got to go out and learn more. It's that everything's falling apart, thrown into action. Yeah, it wasn't well, it's like, more a, like it, It's more like it... it that's the part that like, sticks out the most. When you know when you're when I'm watching yeah. it, that's gonna be the part I remember the most because it was 
I, I, I dig that stuff. And it's the and majority it hits, of the movie, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's mostly about training. Yeah. I also like, it was broken up enough. It wasn't almost montage all cut together in training sequence one, training sequence two, yeah. and training sequence three. It felt natural. It felt yeah, like it a natural progression of time. Yeah. A lot of times I watch these movies, uh, like Fantastic Four, like the, the whole getting their powers sequence is just way too long. Yeah. And this one, it didn't feel like it was a getting their power sequence. It right. just kind of felt like the story of the movie. Yep. It's not a cheesy montage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it really, I mean, I'm fine with cheesy montage. I love Rocky Ford. But it, like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> What's that, stuff? But they killed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even Rocky had a montage. Into the actual action sequences, which mm-hmm. I thought would be kind of a, a good place to move into, because the training obviously leads to that. Um, and to start with the action sequences, I think we got to talk about the action sequence that was spoiled way too much in the trailers, and I really wish they hadn't shown any of it, which is the church scene. Yeah. Which is really Matthew Vaughn's love letter to uh, killing everybody who's insane about religion, which is kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a tough thing to sell, yeah. and I think they actually did a good enough job by making it so crazy church yeah. that really any smart person's not going to be offended by it. Right, because like those, no. like that's a church that like nobody wants to be associated with. Yeah, so no. the people who are in that church aren't going to see this movie anyways. Right, and the people who do see it are kind of like, yeah, fuck those guys. But, <laughs> but dang it all, if they didn't show the entire thing. Like after watching that scene, I was like, I saw this, like because it was the trailer, and that yeah, was yeah. so unfortunate. Yeah, none yeah. of it, none of the action actually should have been in the trailers or any advertising. I'm fine with yeah. the action being because especially like I I'll move into it in a moment. Like the way they do the action sequence I think is really important. But I'm fine with them showing a bit of the church scene, but it felt like especially the red band trailer, I feel like I saw the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And it's like I, I know we harp a lot on this podcast about how much trailers ruin things, but like, Well, that's kind is, of the, the the back the backhanded premise of our podcast yeah, that the true. hype is yeah. Yeah. the problem. And I mean not talking about the hype. I mean the sequence is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It is one of my favorite action sequences ever, and like I put it up on like quality with like the raid action sequences. It's very it's just, Kill Bill. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's just, it is just complete Looney Tunes insane. Yeah, and they don't uh, unlike Kill Bill or unlike the Raider and like that. They don't shy away from something which is really common in movies, which is they don't show violence on women. Right. Which is fine. I get that we don't want to show violence on women, but this isn't like that. It's not saying that violence on women is okay. It's mm-hmm. saying that everyone in this room is getting yeah. murdered. Yep. And I think that's almost better yeah. than trying to shy everyone, away. Women are picking up axes. Yeah, it's right, right. <laughs> Everyone is in murder town right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this movie, I feel like if it had been made by somebody higher than Matthew Vaughn, it would have been, you've seen a lot of dudes get slaughtered and the camera would pull away and women would never have attacked. Yeah. And they'd all just be kind of like bloodless and yeah. lumps on the ground. But this one, they were fully in the action and yep. also getting killed. I Completely that, pulled out the stops for that scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not in a misogynistic way. No, not, not at all. Right? It was just, it was kind of an equal playing field. Yeah. We have a woman here to confirm yeah. for us. Yeah. 50% <laughs> of the population. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's important. I think Matthew Vaughn's always been really good about that, especially like Hit Girl and Kick Ass. Like yeah. he's really good about just saying, "No, people are people, and they're yeah. gonna kill each other." And little fourteen-year-old girls can get punched in the face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and shot by their dad. Yep. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> but uh, are we talking about uh, other fight sequences? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they were great. Unfortunately for me, the the first I saw this movie was at Comic Con last year, and it gave away the entire. Uh, Colin Firth fight scene uh, in the pub in the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was also in entirety in the trailer. I went to to Comic-Con, so, you know, in a panel, I'll see a scene, but at least it was the first scene instead of one of the, you know, fight sequences at the end of the movie that they gave away. Uh, That's another fun one, though. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Made me think of almost Willy Wonka, where he's just like looking like he's gonna walk out the door. The yeah. old man with the umbrella by his side, and he yeah. locks the 
the doors, and I, I love the sound effects, the, the gravity they put on him sliding that lock yeah. up. It's like a gun cocking in there somewhere. <laughs> and then the manners make the, make it the man. Yeah, It's so good. And I, I like it. And we get the gadgets in there, too. It's a, a beautiful little tease of what the rest, the rest of the movie's going to be. Well, it's just, it's it does such a good job of showing how good he is. Yeah. Of he walks, not even a scratch. Yeah. And then he sits down and finishes his beer. Like, it's such, like, it does such a good job to start, like, yeah, he's a contender. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to, like, I agree they were well, they were well made, but I do have a, a little bit of a dissent on, like, how post-production, like, post the fight scenes were. Because mm-hmm. as long takes, that's good enough. Like, for me, that's the bee's knees. Where I had the problem with was just that there was so much ramping, and, and I get that's, that's kind of Matthew Vaughn's thing, but it's something I've never been on board with with his, any of his movies. Is any like sort of ramping like att- when you take something that's already really impressive like uh, the choreography in this is amazing, mm-hmm. but that the special effects they put on that was so distracting. I don't mm. think there's really even special effects like because it wasn't like the post in this is not as crazy as you'd think because I watched the behind the scenes and I watched the making of like, they do, yeah they do just enough to make it feel a little I feel cartoony. I remember like, what you're talking about like yeah. when he gets the tooth knocked out in that yeah. opening scene and they go into the slow motion and it's comic booky you see his tooth flying. Are there, yeah, I, uh, I, halfway through watching it I thought wow this kind of reminds me of an anime or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's very stylistic. It is. It's like I, I, I could have forgotten that it was a graphic novel if it weren't for those yeah. scenes. But it's one of those things where it, it's, you are either on board with it completely yeah. or you're not that on board with it and I tend to be kind of the, the later just because of that it's just like I like long takes, and yeah. See, my, and I'm patient as a as a viewer. So like, there's a kind of an element of stylized cool that can go too far. But that's again, that's my. But I never really felt like he was going for long takes. Like it never felt like he's trying to pull like a gravity long take or no even, no. Like, I don't mean like that. But, but like, it wasn't like it never felt like that's what it was going for. It wasn't like check out this long take, yo. It's just like no, this is how this scene is being shot. Yeah. Like nothing in this movie. Like I get like if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. But I, I think like it's so Matthew Vaughn's so particular about how he wants his action sequences to play out, and he was so particular with this one that he wanted it to be different and feel different, and he did it. I think he knocked it out of the park because the action sequence in this movie, like the way they're always on the ground and they're shooting up and down, there's like a ver- verticality to it that's not in most action sequences mm. or most action films. And I think by taking that and by making it more stylized, he made something that I had not seen before, and especially in a genre like this, I think that's really important and made this movie feel more fresh and exciting. But I get the ramping thing is weird, but I, I think he uses it to the best that he can. It's not like Abrams with flares, where it's like, okay, dude, chill out. <laughs> well, and it's, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, you've already got something. For me, it's like, you got something already perfect. And the choreography is so good mm-hmm. that I, I found that just to be a distracting element. Which, something that was already so stylized, the style was already built into everything that was in the frame. The way the camera would just be like, look at this detail, look at this detail. It was, had a great sense of ADHD about its fight. While you could still see the entire geography. I knew every little inch of that church. I knew yeah. every little inch of that bar. But then, like, the speeding thing. It, it got weird for me. Like, I, it was a pullout for me on that. I did read something interesting that they intentionally uh, made uh, every frame so that your eyes don't have to leave the center. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, a good choice. Yeah. Which, uh, which that's a tough thing to do. you got to really, in action, yeah. choreograph well and make it so your eyes don't have to work too hard. But I th- almost think that that... That could take us away in some of those long action sequences because we're not used to it being done that way. Yeah. Especially the church scene where he's yeah. just center frame and the camera's moving so fast. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that's why I like it, though. Yeah, I, I think too. It's, I, ref- it's definitely fresh. Yeah, it's something that, like, like, you go back and watch The Raid, which I, I've talked about many times in the podcast. It's, I think, one of the best action films made in the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. 
But all the action sequences in there are great because of the choreography. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because of the way they shot it. Although right. they did a good job with it, but it's still just like, look at these people beat the shit out of each other, and holy God, are they beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. But that's really it. Whereas this one, you get that, and you get a new way to see it. And right. I think that's what was really cool about it. I agree with that. Um, but the other, we mentioned very briefly earlier, the I think probably for me the best sequence in the whole movie is the is the parachute. Yeah. That was the most stressful out yeah. of all the because like the rest of it you kind of understand like okay they're gonna win at some point or another and even if they don't win like Colin Firth eventually they still kind of already won he killed an entire church full of people even if he got shot in the face for it he right. still he won he did yeah um you you feel okay with every part of his role because you can kind of it kind of telegraphs yeah based off yeah. of tropes you're like okay. He's okay, but the parachute one kind of kept you guessing in a really good way. It did. And, and it really, was very thrilling. It did a really good job of, like, the way they shot it while actually having people jump out of a back of a plane and uh-huh. shoot it. Like, that was that was refreshing because it wasn't the green screen fan things, which you've seen in other movies, and it doesn't work. Like, they just did everything about it that was so cool. And I just, the intro into it with Eggsy just kind of, like, holding his arms out and just falling out of the back of the plane. Like, it's He's such, so cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, it's, I like watching movies and I'm like, ah, fuck, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> And it, again, part of what was so great about those training sequences and this is it, like, it revealed character kind of really e- like seamlessly. Like, yeah, it revealed each other person's character what their like what their metal was. Like, I can't take mm-hmm. it. I'm yep. I'm Bolton. I you know screw you guys, Bolting. And then like he brings them all together, and of course the guys who kind of works you know serve themselves get booted. You know, yeah. yep. It was very kind of a great way to show character. And it did a good job of making Eggsy not be the guy. Because at the right. end of it with him, like, why'd you pick me? And he's like, take the chip off your shoulder and ejects his parachute. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah. But he even acknowledges it. So that, like, I like how it caps yeah. that scene. Yeah. He's like, oh, I learned something. Cool. Yeah. Yep. He's, okay. <laughs> he's not like, oh, you taught me something, damn it. It's more like, he's eager. Touche. He's touche. Yeah. Yeah. touche. He's yeah. in a touche moment, which you don't see that with an, like an upstart kid. You don't get no. right. touche yeah. moments. Yeah. And uh, really quick before we move on to something else, which I'm, there's so much to talk about in this movie, but uh, I like that Matthew Vaughn finally cast Mark Strong as a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was very nice seeing him. It as was kind of weird. It took a bit to get used to. It. Like, you're not villainous. Where's the you're double antagonist. cross coming? I know you're going to double cross at some point. You got to be the bad guy. You're Mark Strong. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about just the spy nature of the film. Yeah. Because I mean, if you look at what we've had recently as far as spy films go we either have way too serious of spy movies that are almost boring mm-hmm. way too action spy movies that are just don't really feel like spy movies like Jason Bourne and most of the Mission Impossible movies yeah. or James Bond and that's really it anymore uh, James Bond is falling more and more into the latter category it feels it is. just exactly like a Mission Impossible it well, is it's, it's, just, worth, it's, it's almost too serious yeah. and way too much action like James it, Bond used to be fun yeah. listen to our past two podcasts on yeah. James Bond and our upcoming third one sooner or later uh, but like there's a level like there's a level of fun to it that's just not there anymore right but it should be noted like it's interesting to note that all these spy movies from all ends of the spectrum play this interesting dance with each other the more entries in the franchise you get yeah. just watch yeah. uh, Mission Impossible all the movies how they dance against the Bourne and Bond kind of they, they all kind of circle dance each other with different tropes and styles right they do and, and it's very interesting to see that and when then you get these movies like Kingsman which kind of mirrors all of them so then you get this really interesting kind of look out at the kind of the state of spy films it's yeah. kind of like uh, it's going to be a really big stretch but it's kind of like back in the 90s with the guy who did like the behind the scenes on all the magic tricks that's kind of like how I feel about <laughs> this movie because this one really just kind of put 
on face, like, this is what all the spy movies do. Mm-hmm. But we knew that already. We did, but I like that it's, it kind of feels like a movie that's kind of calling it out in a yeah. fun way. Like, you guys kind of need to chill out a little bit. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Look, spies can be fun. And yeah. they can be serious. We just killed Colin Firth. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you're still going to have fun with the movie. Like, two minutes later, it's fun again. Right. Yeah. And I think, like... I think that's why I'm so drawn to this movie because I love espionage films and I love spy movies and I've kind of gotten a little bogged down with them recently. That's why I really like the most recent Mission Possible because it's the first time it actually felt like a spy movie in since the first one. Mm-hmm. But this one, it did such a good job of being a very fun spy movie that also is very, very serious. Yeah. Fuck, they blow up Obama's head in it. Well, uh, how serious did you, did you find that scene where they're blowing up the head? Because <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should watch that again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I took the breaks at all the right times. I love bringing back the gadgets. I think, I, unfortunately, uh, for James Bond, the death of the actor who played Q, mm-hmm. who I can't think of his name, but uh, that kind of took out, they, they removed the gadget aspect from those movies. They tried one or two where they had a replacement for uh, him. John Cleese. John Cleese, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, Daniel Craig's don't have barely any of that at all no it's the last one i brought in ben wishaw as yeah. q and it's just like you just kind of seem like a dork right like no offense to ben wishaw who did a good job of what he had a dork but an asshole yeah it's yeah. like you're like okay yeah you know nothing about technology even though you say you do yeah you, right you let like you get freaked out by a, a dumb virus yeah and it's like uh, but he, he kind of looks like a one direction member like go back yeah. to cloud <laughs> atlas yeah, yeah. <laughs> They brought in everything in this, though. The the lighter grenades, the uh, shock ring, the, yep. the blade shoe, and they all got used, which and was the, my favorite part. They all, they, yeah, they all got used. Yep. It, that's, yeah. It's nice to see. It's so nice to see. That was my favorite part about James Bond movies. It's like, oh, that thing that Q showed us 50 minutes ago. He's yep. got that pen out and he's doing yeah. the thing with it. Yes. <laughs> I love how in that scene they have the smartphones on the shelf and he's like, what do those do? And it's just like, oh, it's just an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> that technology is caught up to the yeah. spy world. <laughs> that was pretty great. Yeah. Um, well, it was the, there was one gadget in it that I really, I love the payoff of the uh, the poison pen. Oh my God, yeah. yes. And it was, a, it was a well-constructed scene, even though I, you know, having watched a bunch of spy films, Court like kind of knew where that was going. Yeah, absolutely. But I loved the misdirect they did. They allowed it to not show you. Like it's like, look at that, and we all look like, okay, cool. Yeah. And the the switcheroo, the 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 setup and the pacing of that that scene was actually really great. And then he actually went back into the line of, oh, you know, you guys taught me all these things, but sleight of hand I already had down. <laughs> yeah. It throws back to he was a kid on the street, so yeah. it makes sense that he does all these things well. It's such like a. It's such a fun, like it's such a fun scene to watch because you know where it's going, yeah. like pretty much in the beginning. But it's like one of those things where you don't have a problem with it. So it's like, oh, it's going there, and it's like, yeah. And the timing was perfect. You know, he clicks the pen, and then there's a couple cuts back and forth. They're yeah. having to stare down, and he's like, ugh, grasp his chest in a, such a that's stereotypical for sure. way. That's for making me shoot my dog. Yeah. <laughs> um. How about the villain? My favorite. So my I favorite. Think out of, yeah, out of the whole thing, that would be my favorite and most memorable part for me is that villain. It's so specific. Yeah, you're always told to write specific characters, and that was specific down to a T. I think I had a hard time getting into the lisp. I I really took me out when he broke it. It was like maybe five times in the movie. Yeah, yeah he slips a couple. Times. He yeah. slips a couple times. Yeah, but when he's in that lisp, 
and talking about like this guy's crazy. It's like that's <laughs> yeah. that's great. And yeah. he can't stand the sight of blood. Oh yeah. my god, yeah, that's, that's my that's favorite that, trait. That, well, let's talk about that scene where he shoots Colin Firth and he's like, Whoa. <laughs> I feel like she's like, Don't you feel great? And like, I feel terrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I love that. I love that he feels like shit. Yeah. <laughs> For shooting, like you don't not, you don't have a villain every day that's just like, I did something. I didn't like what I just did. Yeah. They, but, yeah. I, I love that like they, they even bring it up with the Colin Firth scene where like they sit down and talk to each other. He's like, I always wanted to be a spy. Like, oh, I always I wanted to be it. a Looney Tunes villain. And it's like, it's so good. It's like, they're talking to each other. And, like, yeah. and he just keeps getting more and more Looney Tunes the more the movie goes. And, yeah. I, and I, I have no problem with the list, but it took me a little while to get used to it. And yeah, when he breaks it, it really kind of... Mm-hmm. It's really my only major complaint in the movie. Is, me like, too. Like, yeah. do another take. Yeah. He needs to yeah. nail it or it's going to fuck up the scene. Yeah. Um... Especially because it was few and far between. If it was, yeah. like, scattered enough that we're like, oh, maybe in his character there are actually some words that he can say clearly. Yeah. Like, the S into the T. Oh, he says that clearly and we, we it, it's back and forth enough that we don't notice. But yeah. he only breaks it, like, five times and so it makes it really noticeable. And for me, it's something about Samuel Jackson where I like it when he's playing a character. Because yeah. a lot of people hire Samuel L. Jackson to be Samuel L. Jackson in this movie. But I feel like when he actually plays somebody, like, my other good example is um, Django Unchained with, uh, mm-hmm. when he plays the butler slave guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, it's man. so good seeing him play a role. And he, like... Actually acting. Yeah. He does a good job. Yeah, because him is Nick Fury. Meh. Oh, Nick Fury is just, uh, was it uh, Vincent or Jules? Uh, Jules? In Pulp Jules, Fiction, yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. just his character from Pulp Fiction, yeah. without uh, an afro, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and with an eye patch, yeah. But this movie is great. I love him in Unbreakable. Yeah, he's really great as like an eccentric villain. He's a really great actor, and it's just like I like seeing directors that give him that role to be a great actor. And like, yeah. this is for me. This will always be one of my favorite roles for him because I just I like how much of a villain he is. Yeah, and he's still got the the sideways hats and stuff too. Oh, always the sideways hats. Yeah. I love the the poster for the movie about him, which is just a picture of a hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love like that going back to that scene with Colin Firth when like where they're bringing out the dinner. Yeah. I love that it's McDonald's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Again, specific. Yeah. <laughs> Memorable stuff. And I love that he has. A wine chosen to go with a Big Mac. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that goes excellent with it. <laughs> it's so good. There's something else I want to talk about before we keep moving. Uh, the other the other yes, girl? Yes, the feet. girl. Yeah. Um, who looks like a girl I went to college with. And the whole time, she wanted to be an actress. And the whole time, I'm like, <laughs> creepy. Is that her? Did you make it? <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, I looked it up and I was like, oh. I think she's I like, a couple new uh, things coming out. She's like, getting really big. And yeah. it makes sense. She was good in this. As a mm-hmm. character, I like that the only reason she died was because of luck. Right. Yep. On the hero's part. She was that good. And I, I like to see villains that are that good. That's another throwback or to like James Hitchman. Bond movies. Like, how many tricks did he have to play against, like, Jaws with his goofy grill or Odd Job throwing the hat? You know, like... Yeah. And she's got these weird blade shoes yeah. that we, or feet even, that we don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it gives you a real sense that she's not just a henchman, which she, you know, on paper is. She's actually a very skilled assassin. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's the right hand And she's very good. It, it shows yeah. and not tells that she's very good. Because yeah. you get a lot of that in the spy movies where it's like, this person's really, really good, and then Bond <laughs> shoots him in the face. Yeah. Odd job. Throw that hat at that still statue. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> good luck, Mr. Bond. <laughs> but I love that like, they do... They do so much of show not tell with her. Uh, yeah. Just she's not just a henchman. You can tell because her head didn't explode with everybody else's. Right. So like he clearly respects her, and I think that that's really a cool thing that they have in there without ever yeah. really bringing it up or talking about it. And then I like when it, like back to the Colin Firth shooting scene. She is actually the more evil character. Oh yeah. 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 And she's like, "What's the big problem with killing him?" Right. <laughs> yeah. Didn't that feel great? <laughs> 
and I, I like that kind of again with Samuel Jackson is I like that I like that this isn't true of all movies, but I like the hero that's the the villain that's a hero in his own story. Yeah, and Samuel Jackson plays that to a T. He does yeah, he not. Does. Th- he does. He understands killing people is wrong. He doesn't like it. He hates violence, but he honestly feels that this has to be done to save the world. And right. He thinks he's saving the world. He doesn't want to rule it. He doesn't want to control everything. Which is kind of another great point to this is you're watching the movie and you hear him describe why, and you're for like, one ah, second you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm on board. Oh wait, no, he wants <laughs> to. <kill him>. No. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I see what he's saying there. Yeah, he makes some good points. No, no, no. no, no. no. <laughs> Maybe you should colonize Mars and right. just take half the people. <laughs> like, that might be better. I want yeah. to talk about... I usually don't bring this up in podcasts, but I want to talk about the wardrobe. Yeah. Is oh, that, do you know the thing about this movie? Mm-mm. Is that they launched a clothing line, Kingsman yeah. clothing line, after this movie came out. Or oh, in really? conjunction with the movie. Yep. Is it still going? I'm not sure how you get them or where you get them, but yeah, you could get those suits... Are they bulletproof? Because that's a, I mean, that's what I come to expect. I don't know if that's part of it. Uh, can I just get the glasses? Because I really like the glasses. They were nice. Everything yeah. was really great. Yeah, and I, custom made, I believe. Oh, that much I knew. Yeah. yeah. I like that. It's those little extra touches in movies like this that just go the extra mile. That really make it more of a special movie. And I love the way the way that everybody dresses throughout the entire thing. I like Eggsy in his street clothes. Absolutely. I like Eggsy in his yeah. suit. Like It works it's in like, both places. He had fashion sense... Before he went into this, and yeah. he changed his fashion sense to classy. It's yeah. great. Yeah. And it has a, that little throwback to, he's like, oh, you can teach me how to speak nice, like My Fair Lady? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like... I love the My Fair Lady reference. I liked, I liked the, the movie reference, yeah. too. Yeah. Because yeah. it was, I like that they gave him that movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> for him to bring out. Again, yeah. very particular. And yeah. It was yeah. a, a play on particulars. So. Yeah. There's this and the other throwback in the movie that I really I mean, this is completely off topic, but when he goes like, "Oh yeah, I should have seen it before." We had uh, shoes with phones in them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. It There's very, a lot of little lines like that that yeah. match in other movies. It was interesting also to realize that like all the heroes, the protagonists, the suits fit well, but then when Samuel Jackson has his choice of suit from the, the same place, uh-huh. it's doofy. Uh-huh. It doesn't yeah. fit well. <laughs> Nothing works on it. it. It was a very interesting like subtle costume call to like. The outfits don't fit very well for our villains. Yeah. I never really picked up on that. Yeah, yeah that's too... That's his, nice. He's got the wrong coat for the occasion. His hat right. doesn't work. It doesn't well, fit. He when he gets the, the top hat, it still feels like it doesn't fit very well. Yes. If he's wearing it over his clothes, it's kind of bulky, whereas the suit fits always fits the hero. Like, that, mm-hmm. they even say that explicitly. It was yeah. kind of a neat little touch. But his... That's a dope-ass top hat. Is such a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was almost my quote for today. It's such a good moment. Um... I think that's it. I feel we've covered this. Yeah, we really did. I was going to try to go negative on this stuff. Do we want to talk more about butt sex? Uh, I mean, I don't really want to bring it up. Okay. Then <laughs> it's really just a... Uh, just cut, because I'm here. Cut it out. <laughs> yes, that's the only reason I want... <laughs> uh, no, I just... No, uh, maybe we, we should... No, honestly, we don't need honestly, to, but no, it is... I think we should bring it up. This would be I weird for is... anyone listening to this who hasn't seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's another it, good point. It's so... Com- like, it comes out of nowhere to be... like. But to me, I think that it was just playing on the way that... The sex scene at the end of the first twelve or twenty James Bond movies come out of nowhere. It's yeah, like James yeah. Bond saves the day and literally just has sex with the closest female. I read it as, um, "Hey, fifteen-year-old boys that are watching this, <laughs> we still <laughs> go, remember you." Go save the world. <laughs> hey. and that's that's what I read it more as. Yeah, because yeah. mm. I mean, it's just such a random thing, and like, yeah. it, it, like the the joke is fine. Like, I love the joke. The uh, if you save the world, we can do it in the ass. Yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah. Like, that was yeah. great. But and I, that would have been fine just as is, but then they, like, punctuated once more. Like, it, it, it's a weird yeah. second 
thing. Like, yeah, the, the extra stamp of, and here's this actress's butthole. Was this like... <laughs> yeah, that was like the last shot, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. yeah. And no, 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 like, it, it's Mark Strong closing Oh, yeah, it's Mark band. Strong going, oh, my. <laughs> like, yeah. Which, that's, uh, to me, I just remember Now, see, in comedy, what uh, you really wanted to do was leave that butt shot be the last shot. And just like it's either the zoom in yeah. or something. <laughs> what was the, I just remember that specific James Bond movie, although I don't remember which one it is, where he's in the life raft floating, and uh, I think M comes by and he's like, "Oh, I'll leave you here," because he's in, <laughs> in the life raft with the girl and leaves them out on the ocean. <laughs> I don't remember which one that was. But I know in uh, I, I, Die Another Day, it's like they do like the the heat sensor, and the heat sensor yeah. in the middle is really red yeah. from where his crotch is. It's like, They're on. always so ridiculous. Yeah. So I think this movie was more than anything else making a lot of fun at those. And, and that makes yeah. sense, but it's still, I don't know why, like... There was I'm, a lot of layers to it, because yeah. for me, I'd get really excited when, and I forget her name, the female that replaced uh, Lancelot, Lancelot yeah. um, when she not only um, gets the position of Lancelot, she beats Eggsy out of it, mm-hmm. she actually participates in the plan in a big way. Um, which isn't in a lot of movies yeah. nowadays. See, I honestly and then it would be like butt sex. You know, you're like, oh. I get all excited and, and like, yeah, like that, feminism, I feel like but she was an underused character. I agree. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like, I didn't like. I like that she helps in the scene in a big way, but she does, and she would have helped more had Probably. she actually been. And, and I think that it would have been better. Steps. Yes, baby steps. And it's but... almost emphasized just in design by the way that balloon looked like testicles. <laughs> yeah. no, seriously, like now that's all. Yeah, it was. And... There, it was. It was. Manhood was all over her throughout the entire movie, and she now she you got to do a little bit for me. Yeah, sorry, not sorry, but that those. I actually it did look like up, upside she, down balls. She also sure. did have Mark Strong telling her what to do the entire time. Yeah, yeah. He was like, take she... the shot now. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't gonna, but all right. <laughs> oh, you mean right now? Like when you told me right now? Like, come on. <laughs> You mean yeah, when this it, thing it, on my computer is flashing red and telling me to take the shot? You need to tell me as well, because <laughs> as a girl, I don't get computers. <laughs> no, her character was really the only one that was like one step forward, one step back, one yeah. step... And it really kind of landed in the middle. Like, ultimately, I think she was a good female character. I think she made a lot of good choices, and I like that she was actually important to the movie. Yeah. But it would have yeah, been better. She could have been way more in the forefront. Yes, and I think she probably should have been, especially because she was one who actually got the job. And mm-hmm. she, if she made Lancelot, she must be good, right? Yeah. Right. And we... But she gets to like float up in a chair. That's her kind of main skill yeah. that we see, and that's where it kind of falters on the show. Don't tell things for everything else. That's so good, like yeah. showing the other female, like the female antagonist, being so good with her. The female hero is kind of like because I kind of steel chair. <laughs> <laughs> because if I'm thinking Mark Strong, it'd be okay. So I have a Kingsman, which is Lancelot. She's going to go into this vault and kill everybody because she's an actual Kingsman. Right. You can take the ball chair to space. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Like, so Eggsy kinda... should, like, that would have been more appropriate. Yeah. But, you know. But again, movie. 15-year-old boys. Right. What are we going to do with them? Yeah. I mean, she could have butt, butt sex. joke yeah. would yeah. not have worked because it's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> On that note, I did like the scene where they had to, well, they were, you know, faking they had to go pick up that girl. And she as well had to. And she was still uh, all cocky that she was going to get to seal the deal. And they totally... Honestly, the way that it was going, she would have won. Absolutely. Because yeah. they were coming off, like, complete D-bags. Uh-huh. She definitely would have won. Oh man! If the scene didn't get interrupted by something else, they were really seeking her. Like it, it was funny. That was a funny scene. Just I because. honestly feel like that girl would have just walked away. Absolutely. Like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice to know that the guy from Doom survived. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried about him for a few years there. Yeah, he seemed to have a drug problem back in Doom. I'm glad yeah. he got cleaned up. Yeah. <laughs> Those Mars monsters will really do it to you. Probably. <laughs> I'm glad that we brought her up because I think she's kind of a the weakest thing in the film, and not. That she's a weak character, but that's yeah. where they had the most problems. Right, was her character. 
making a lot of hand gestures, which make no sense to the people listening to this. <laughs> um, but now I think it would be a good moment to move into quotes. Unless anyone disagrees. Time, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, okay. Mine comes from the beginning with the uh, the first time that uh, Eggsy and Colin Firth sit down and they're talking back and forth about like how uh, if he had had the same life that he would have had, he'd be doing just as well, if not better. But the way he phrases it is like, if I had had the same life with a silver sh- spoon shoved up my ass, I'd be doing just as well as you. And then the hooligans all walk in to start kind of bad-mouthing and going to beat up Colin Firth and Eggsy. And Colin Firth just looks at Eggsy and says, uh, more examples of young men who need a silver suppository? (laughs) Silver suppository. Yeah, that's a great line. So we've already kind of touched upon this, but mine is from when Harry and Valentine are talking about the old Bond movies. And I love the quote where Harry says, I always felt that the old Bond films were only as good as the villain. Um, as a child, I rather fancied a futuristic, colorful megalomaniac. And he said, what a shame we both had to grow up. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's such a good line. Yeah. Because, of course, Valentine is bullshit creepy. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. I, I got mine. It's right after the scene where, you know, Lancelot's chosen. Actually, he doesn't make it because he can't shoot his dog. And he's talking to... Uh, Galahad or Harry about it. You know, you shot a dog just to get a fucking job? Well, yes, I did. And then he runs, like, they go run in the bathroom. He's like, and Mr. Pickle here reminds me of that every time I take a shit. And that delivery got me. Because it's like, shit. Like, he kind of <laughs> punctuates each, each word. And it's just, it's a funny line. I like the way that scene plays out, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it leads into actually a very good moment where it's just like, here's what all this shit was for, you dumb ass. Mm-hmm. Like, here's what you needed to learn. Like, it was a, a kind of a funny way to kind of jump you into, here was the hero's lesson. It was kind of a good thing of, like, are you seriously not understanding that we're the good guys? Because the whole movie is kind of like, like, the whole training sequence, we're doing horrible things to you, but we yeah. never are actually going to hurt you. Yeah. And you need to understand that, like, although we're going to put you in dangerous situations, you need to trust us. Yeah. And like that's the whole training sequence. Like he, they always have they all have the parachutes, they all have like everything. No matter how dangerous the spot you're going to be in, trust us. And it's yeah. the same thing with the dog and he he failed the last moment. He didn't trust him. But mm-hmm. I thought it was going to turn the other way cuz I I assume that oh, he's not going to shoot the dog and therefore he's like saving an innocent life and there's no reason to shoot the dog and then that would turn yeah. on the girl, but it ended up being like why didn't you just shoot the dog? Yeah. Yeah. No. But the dog would have lived. That was the whole point. You needed to trust them. <laughs> yeah, you trust didn't, them. Had that one I moment. didn't have that trust. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my favorite quote was uh, toward the end of the movie where Eggsy has to go infiltrate the party and kind of blend in with the spies. And you're, you're kind of like, you know, we, you all remember the James Bond drink. That's the, the part of that movie. And Eggsy goes in and orders a martini. Then he diverts a little bit. Gin, not vodka, obviously. <laughs> Stirred for 10 seconds while glancing at an unopened bottle of vermouth. Thank you. <laughs> he just like kills. Unopened. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> is that his way of saying he doesn't like vermouth in his martini, or <laughs> that he doesn't know what's in one? <laughs> he, the latter. Like it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's that classic, like only like a t- teeny tiny bit of vermouth, like you know, just a splash. And I love that unopened. Yeah. <laughs> unopened bottle. That's so good. Uh, all right. So ratings for today is going to be, I think, rather simple. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a hitch, but bear with me. It's going to be spy movies. You cannot use James Bond. I'm going to go first. I'm going with Spy Kids. <laughs> because for me, 
Spy Kids was this movie that just kind of came out of nowhere, and I looked at the trailers, and I kind of went, meh, I'll never watch that. It looks like crap. And then when I actually finally sat down to watch the movie, it did such a good job of being a spy movie that was also just a total blast. Like, it was just a fun movie. The sequels are crap. Uh, but the first one, for some reason, I've watched many times. I was way too old for it when it came out. But it was still just like they did a good job of making just a fun spy movie. And for me at that time, that was the first time I'd seen a fun spy movie in a very long time. So that's really it for me. Because right. Kingsman's a fun spy movie I hadn't seen in a long time. Spy Kids was a fun spy movie I hadn't seen in a long, long time. I'll go with the most fun spy movie. Spy Hard with Leslie Nielsen. Oh <laughs> <laughs> because I can't pick James Bond. <laughs> I thought of those that series a lot while I was watching this one. And just a fun... We're going to pay homage to all the spy movies ways. Obviously, Spy Hard was more of a spoof, and this was more of a like an homage and a fun throwback. But, right. uh, you know, God, making fun of... We have so many James Bond movies that anytime a movie comes out to make fun of them all, I have a good time. Okay. Um, I'll go with The Bourne Legacy, the one that doesn't feature Matt Damon. It's uh, ah, the Jeremy Renner yeah. one. Um, because controversial choice. Controversial. It's... <laughs> The, you know, there's the problems I mentioned earlier, and it's the things that pulled me out. There were similar things in both movies that pulled me out in terms of action, some of it kind of going too long, like things where it's like you could have left that alone and been okay. And just the, for me, it's kind of not as, I'm not as big a fan of it as like you are or mm-hmm. things like that. So like, it kind of has those similar areas where I'm like, at the end of it, I'm like, okay. The, the, <laughs> the, the parts that were good were like, oh, I really like that part. But there, it's more of, I really like that part and not... The whole movie I really liked as much. Like you know, there, there's kind of those elements. So, I actually I, I like that movie quite a bit. Uh, I, by the end of the the Jason Bourne Bourne movies, the Matt Damon ones, I was like, oh god, I just watched the same movie three times. Yeah. And it like it kind of like won all the same awards three years in a row. All the editing and sound editing and technical awards, and I'm like, all right, I feel like I just watched the three Lord of the Rings movies three years yeah. in a row too. But even as like an example, there's a scene in Legacy where he basically gets into the house and takes out every guy in the house. That was great. In a long shot. That was an amazing shot. Yeah. And there was also really some really well technical fight scenes in Kingsman. Yeah. So compared to like there's all these elements to pull out that was like, oh, I really like those elements, but the elements never added up to the full whole. So that's kind of where the comparison is. That for makes me. sense. Mm-hmm. I was not the biggest fan of uh, that one, but that's just because they're really the only thing I like in that movie was the brain pills. Yeah. That annoyed the shit out of me. If I'm they like, and also if they would have uh, removed the entire born. If they didn't have the Bourne name attached and it was just another spy movie, it probably would have been Set in the same better. universe, totally would have been fine with it. Yeah. But this isn't the Bourne. Like, yeah, the non-Bourne. Yeah. The, the new Bourne. The unborn. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. That, that's the prequel. Uh, I'm going to say the Inspector Gadget animated series. Good <laughs> choice. Yeah. I, I don't know why when you said anything but James Bond, I was like, Inspector Gadget. Yeah. And then just, I don't know, totally over the top, nostalgia. I was when I was a kid. Absolutely. And that was that too like was a uh, a little bit of a spoof on uh Get Smart. All the yeah, yeah. Or old Big James Bond. Yeah. And, yeah. Get Smart was so good too. If I if you had said TV show that that would have been my choice. Yeah. I, I was kind of leaning that way but I was afraid we'd all take Get Smart. Yeah. I mean Get Smart is such a good fucking show. It is. I'm going to pull up the schedule here really quick. I know next week is Ex Machina. The week after that, uh we're doing our final showdown of the Battle of the Bond. So Battle of Bond 3, the final And if you haven't hated us with the other ones, you're definitely going to hate us after this one. We will guarantee it. Uh, Yeah, we will not do another one of those. I promise. 
Not because they're not fun to do, but because I can't watch four Bond movies in a week again or I will kill myself. Uh, but I love those episodes, and so far people have been enjoying them as well. So After that, Battle of the Star Trek movies. Oh, God. <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, and then after that, we have Dragon Age Inquisition. I think Ooh. the hype has finally died enough on that game where we can talk about Everyone's it. Everyone's too busy playing Witcher 3 right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, again, I'm not going to say what's coming up in the Halloween month, but I have an entire month of movies planned that I'm very excited about. Nice. Uh, which I hope Spooky. I hope everyone else will be excited about, too. Or they'll go, this is boring, I hate it. But I'm running we'll back in November. You know what? In a good, on, you know, based off the site we're on, Row 3, I think they'll lo- like our audience will love it. I think the Row 3 audience will like it. I think yeah. the, uh, the people who carried over from a hip cast might not be the biggest fans, but there's only one way to find out, <laughs> and that's to do it. Yep. Uh, and like Nike, let's do it. <laughs> uh, okay, so with that, send us shoes, please. Yes, oh, that'd be so nice. <laughs> uh, so that I'll say thank you to Candace for flying all the way from Canada to be on the episode. Yeah, no and problem. only the only reason you flew from Canada was to be yeah, on the episode. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Ryan for coming on again. I drove all the way from Van Nuys. <laughs> all the oh my goodness! Listen, <laughs> listening to fuckbook the police the whole way. <laughs> Throwback. I've uh, never felt so white in my life. I know. <laughs> Uh, and then John, as always, me as always, saying bye. 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 Look at that. Look at that.